0: On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look back at the health IT ups and downs of 2021. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at techguy and at colin underscore hung. Plus check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. 2021 wasn't quite as uh, bad as 2020. <laughs> I, I, th-
1: I think actually it might've been just as bad, but we were used to it. Yeah. Oh, is that so. what it is?
0: We're just used <laughs> to the pain and suffering that we're now.
1: The isolation, the being away and not and you know, being able to see friends and stuff. I, mean, I think we just sort of learned to adapt.
0: Yeah, that might be fair. Uh, I mean, it, it, it if we look at it 30 years from now and we're telling stories to our kids though, 2020 is going to stick and 2021 is not going to get any stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I, I view it like, you know, well, you don't have them where you are, John, but you know, going through like an ice storm or something mm-hmm. like that, where the power is out for like a day and a half or two days you, during the time. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah. But I then, got stuck at my house for a day and a half.
1: Is that? I know <laughs> exactly. Well, without power. Right. But, uh, yeah, but, but then, mm-hmm. but then like, you know, a year later, you kind of like, you forget all the pain and you remember, Oh, we had a lot of fun with like the candles and we went to bed early and you know, it was just, I hope that's what will happen when we look back at 2020 and 2021 years from now.
0: Well, I mean, for sure. Even now I look at 2020 and I think of the movie nights with my kids. Right. So I think there's something beautiful about that. I I mean, you see it with a pregnancy, you know, a week after when she's like, that wasn't too painful. And you're like, do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it was pretty bad (laughs) and you were amazing. But, you know, it's great that you don't remember that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I can't believe we're already at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, that's why we're doing this looking back episode. So. Uh, let me ask you this, John. What for you? What were some of the biggest stories of 2021?
0: Yeah, so I kind of have three that you know, three themes of stories really, and they're kind of trends throughout the whole year. Uh, the first one is is just the cash. I mean, the cash that's flowing into healthcare right now, the investments, the hundreds and millions, like we've always had the 5 million here and there, occasionally a little 20 million spot, you know, series B or something. But just the hundreds and millions, which of course aggregates to billions of dollars that's flowing into digital health, telehealth, healthcare, AI, etc., I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, like we usually post one funding or one acquisition announcement a day on healthcare IT today. And we need to do more than one because there's just so much happening. And so consolidation happening as well, but just the cash that's flowing around everywhere is, is, is that's one. And then the second one I have is a burnout. And I, you know, we talk about physician burnout, but it's staff burnout. Nurses are leaving Everyone in healthcare is burnout. And I guess everyone in the world is burnout to some extent too. So I think burnout's maybe the second biggest theme of 2021. And then the third one I'd add is just kind of the lingering COVID, I guess is what I'd call it, right? Like the kind of COVID overtones of everything we do. So I think those are my top three. And if I were to put them in order, I'd probably put cash first, right? I mean, that's going to transform healthcare as we know it.
1: Yeah, I mean I think transform both in the good and the bad sense of that right I totally agree with you that's a great Eventually. that's a great that's a great choice of, of top story. I, th- I think as as we know in healthcare um, the site the sales cycles the 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 time it takes to gain traction can be very long uh, And so I wonder if uh, you know all this cash has the staying power right and the and the patience to see this through. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what will happen two or three years from now when, Maybe the results aren't quite there and, you know, people start pulling the plugs.
0: (laughs) Well, and if you raise a hundred million, you've got to exit at the multi-billion, which that, you know, those, those, those numbers don't quite work out. A a venture capitalist that I read his blog is Fred Wilson at avc.com. I think is his website, but he's been blogging for 15 years. I've read him and he just did the math of people raising at these hundred million billion dollar valuations he said this math doesn't work up work out from an investor standpoint you know it's too high and we you know there just aren't enough multi-billion 10 billion 100 billion exits you know there's those companies are few and far between and in healthcare that's even more so the case so i think that's gonna definitely come to rue but uh you know, the nice thing is that uh, the digital exhaust from those companies where they spent hundreds of millions of dollars and built really quality products are still going to remain and still going to provide awesome uh, experiences, et cetera, for patients.
1: Yeah, those are good. That's great points. I'm, I'm going to take a slightly different uh, approach to answering this question uh, than you, John. I'm going to go with three very specific stories for me right. that stood out in 2021. Uh, number one for, for me. Uh, is of course the uh, the a new CEO at Cerner, Feinberg. Uh, yeah. To me, that was a, a huge story. Um, big news. Yeah, it's, it's it was big news for the industry. It was big news, obviously, for both where he came from <laughs> and where he was going. Uh, you know, so what happened to Google afterwards in terms of folding health into all uh, yeah, other departments true. of Google? And then, of course, yeah, what it meant for for Cerner. Who I don't think you know. I think some people would have said they were struggling. To me, it was more they were just sort of plateaued a little bit. Um, and, and now, you know, with some, with some new leadership and maybe some new energy, it, it'll be exciting to see where they're going. So definitely for me, that was a big corporate move. I mean, you don't see those moves quite so often like that in healthcare, especially at those size companies. So I thought that was, yeah. that for and me, there's is a, a lot of
0: questions, thing. right? Like why him and everything. And I, I still have some of those questions, right? But I think what he has shown already is that he is a leader. Yeah. And, and that's, that's clear in everything that he's done that, you know, he's going to create a strong vision and he's going to lead with a strong vision. And I think that could be powerful for certain.
1: Yeah. You know, what I like about it is he didn't come in with a big ax nor did he come in with big, bold statements, right? Like he, he has taken his time. And to me, that's a sign of, okay, you know, trying to figure out what's going on there, get the lay of the land. And to me, that's a better sign of someone really trying to fix it or improve it rather than someone coming in with some pre, disposed notion of okay we got to go here and then immediately starting to cut and rejig and and everything so anyway that to me was number one number two uh, was actually the acquisition of Nuance um, mm, by Microsoft, Microsoft. Uh, that was a very big one both in terms of just in tech right one of the biggest and NLP well known well established NLP players out there uh, has done tons of stuff for voice recognition uh, now um, owned by Microsoft um, who has continually to make big bets in healthcare. Um, so to me, that was another, uh, top story. And the third one for me, uh, was actually the announcement of, um, Vive. That uh, was a big one for me about there you go. <laughs> both, both in terms of what it meant, given, um, you know, that combination of those two organizations to do an event like that. And also, of course, as everyone knows, the timing of that event right before the other big event, uh, in, in the season is kind of interesting. So. To me, those three stories were were tops in 2021
0: yeah i mean microsoft went all in on ambient clinical voice and i'm excited to see that play out since uh we all want that to be successful (laughs) and they got the billions to invest in it and really refine it so that's great uh yeah vive is going to be interesting everyone's asking me about it everyone's saying what is this Vive, and how's it going to play out and what about hymns and what you know so i you know that's going to be definitely be an important story to follow it's interesting uh you know, the evolution of all of this, right. And the desire to get back in person, right. <laughs> at least to the large events, you know, and it will, it will be fun to see how that evolves in the next year. Cause in 2021, we were all really anxious to see each other. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that was a, maybe another theme, I guess, looking back at 2021 was uh, <laughs> you know, that, that feeling, but what are some of the missing stories of, of 2021 that you think maybe, you know, we haven't heard about.
1: <laughs> well, there was one, uh, uh, I'm going to go reverse and go over the themes, but there, there was definitely um, one theme that I didn't hear very much about in 2021. And that was info blocking. Like, mm. um, you know, it was supposed to be the big story of 2020. It wasn't. I thought we would hear some more stuff about it this year. Now that the rule has been in place for a little lot longer and, and people, you know, have come to more grips with it. But it, to me, didn't even bubble up anywhere. But there was some talk about it and, and, you know, here or there, but it certainly wasn't the story that I thought it was going to be in 2021. So for me, that was one that was missing. And then right alongside of it, interoperability. Um, we didn't hear as much. And I think some people would be relieved <laughs> about that. But to me, that just meant we maybe weren't putting as much focus on it as we, as we could have.
0: Yeah, that's interesting you said that because I'm going to disagree with you later. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the story, I think, for me that was missing in 2021 was the impact on patients. Mm. We've talked a lot about the impact on nurses and the impact on doctors and the burnout there, right? You know, which, you know, I highlighted as a, a important theme of 2021. And there was some for sure the impact that patients had. But I don't think nearly enough, and and maybe it's a realization that healthcare is a bit misguided in its in many of its efforts because you know, the loss of those nurses and doctors is going to just smash patients, right? The loss of telehealth and access to health, telehealth that's not going to hurt a doctor, that's not going to hurt a healthcare organization, but it hurts patients a lot. And so, you know, there's been some stories of that, but you know, I, I think there definitely is missing. Just how deeply it's going to, Im- these changes are going to impact patients in a, a dramatic way. We had a few with COVID, right? Oh, you, they didn't come in for their checks, et cetera, right? But I think it's going to be much more dramatic than what we expect. And I understand why it's a hard story to cover because it's going to affect individuals, mm-hmm. it's not affecting. Thirty thousand, whatever, right? You know, so it's hard to write that story when it's affecting millions. But it's a million stories, and so I think that's where it's it's hard to cover. And so that's why we probably missed some of those stories.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think it, you're right, John. I mean, patients are perennially on my missed stories list. I mean, we don't yeah. really talking about patients enough. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Definitely in 2021, we didn't really talk about them maybe as much as we could have in terms of the impact that all these new techs and all the new restrictions and, and all the uh, things that have happened in the past two years have had on patients. Um, I certainly think we've, we have heard a, a lot more about behavioral health and the impact that this pandemic has had in terms of stress levels and 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 those kinds of things uh, on on people. But But other than that, you're right. It hasn't really been sort of the year of the patient, right? Or anything like that. Certainly in 2021.
0: Well, that's fair. We've heard of the impact to our emotional health and the impact to some of our other health, right? Because of the pandemic, but not the impact of changes in healthcare on the patients and how that's impacting them or even getting access to care, getting access to certain drugs because there's supply chain issues, et cetera. I mean, I think- patients have been impacted more dramatically in 2021 than maybe any other year previous.
1: Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about the ups and downs and the big stories of health IT in 2021. So John, uh, we've talked about some of the big stories. We've talked about some of the missing stories. Uh, was there a story that you think kind of flew under the radar? Like we covered it or other people covered it, but it just didn't sort of bubble up as much as you thought.
0: Well, I love that you said uh, interoperability was a missing story because it obviously flew under the radar for you uh, because that's my (laughs) missing story that I would describe it as the maturing of interoperability. Okay, So it's not so much necessarily that we saw this explosive growth, although, you know, there are some amazing numbers from direct trust that passed 2 billion messages and different things like that, right? I mean, there are some benchmarks that's showing that's growing as well. But to me, it's the maturing of the conversation around interoperability. And it did highlight one thing that's really a problem. Uh, I, I saw a great tweet that said you know, CCDA was developed for 10 years and finally became a real reality 10 years later you know, HL sevens, you know, version two was done here. And a decade later, it's, it finally saw its inflection point fire was started, you know, in 2010, I think. And then 2020 we're starting to see the fire inflection point. And I thought that was interesting that like, okay, so a standard takes a decade to finally reach maturity and see an inflection point. There's probably a lesson there that we need to, you know, increase that pace and find a way to hijack that process somehow to be faster. But I think in that regard, the maturity of the conversations around interoperability and their specificity and the standards that are available and the access to data have just been... Much better and higher quality than I'd seen in previous years.
1: Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting take on that, John. You're, you know I hope that's certainly the case in terms of we're finally maturing in our approach to interoperability and, and certainly the standards. Um, I hope it's not the other uh, reason, which maybe we weren't doing very much <laughs> in that space. Right? Um, that's possible. But to <laughs> your point, I, you know hopefully it's the same as, hey,, like, why talk about investing in your wireless network? Right, like it's just become part of something you do. It's becoming ingrained in your operations. I hope that is, you know, what the what the case is. Yeah, um, for sure. For for me, the, the the story that flew under the radar um, was uh, supply chain in healthcare. Hmm. We we heard a lot about this in 2020, of course, with the lack of PPE, and then we heard about it again when the vaccines started to roll out late last year. Uh, but for me, this didn't really become a story, and I thought actually maybe it deserved to, because you didn't hear about it, which meant to me, all of a sudden we we got it working again, right? Like you didn't hear about PPE problems as much. You didn't hear about vaccine shortages and, you know, and, and and vaccines being spoiled because they weren't being delivered on time. To me, it was just amazing that we managed to figure all this stuff out with such a big disruption and keep it going to the point where it wasn't a story anymore. Like there was nothing there cause we would fix the supply chain problem, but logistically thinking about how to deliver medications to patients who couldn't, couldn't come in. Right. And then we didn't, we didn't, you know, I know there were some drones, but the majority <laughs> figured out how to do this, right. Like, you know, bag paper bags at the, at the front desk, right. And labeled with the late with names of the patients or stickers or like these little things that we did to adapt to the situation, I think, you know, flew right under the radar.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've gotten back to- to normal more than we probably realize uh you know because news reports obviously spout all sorts of different things but uh i, I, I think you're right though I, I don't know the answer to the question but is the question i have is are we back to normal and it has it improved and the supply chain's doing fine for these things or are we just not hearing the stories of it that's that's a interesting question i think you know and it probably is a little bit here or there. You hear every once in a while, little stories of, you know, patients not being able to get drugs or different things like that. So, and certainly I lived it. My son's car was in the shop for eight weeks because of chips. So, you know, will that eventually catch up to us as we continue to roll out more technology in the chip crisis uh, and we have to replace medical devices, et cetera? I think we're going to, yeah, it's probably something we'll hear more about, but yeah, it really didn't uh, pop up into a massive news story for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think it's a legend is, let's be honest, it's pretty boring, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, uh, but to me it's just one of those things where you don't think about it and then, you know, the PPE situation happens. And then all of a sudden we think about it. So, yeah. um, So you're
0: describing it as the disaster happens, the hurricane hits, we all get excited about it and then we forget about it and don't really address it. Interesting.
1: Yeah. But I, but I also think that I think smartly, some people have realized, Hey, maybe we shouldn't have everything dependent on one vendor for this type of thing, even though there might be some cost advantages, Mm -hmm. right? I think that sort of thinking has now become ingrained. And I think that's hopeful for the future of, okay, we needed to diversify our supply chain. Maybe we need to look a little bit closer to shore, right. And have at least one supplier or a few suppliers of some critical things here locally. Right. Um, And I think that will bode well for the industry as a whole.
0: Yeah. Will we still be getting hand sanitizer from the uh, breweries, you know, that we're uh, doing alcohol? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So there's another one that I would add in, in this category of kind of flew under the radar Uh and that's like how empowered many people have become. Mm -hmm. And I think it's twofold. One is, All of the proactive outreach that many healthcare organizations did to patients has given them this sense like, oh, patients do want us to reach out. And I don't know if it was just they were too distracted, they didn't need to because of the business, all of that, right? But that proactive outreach, that proactive communication with patients has empowered many organizations to be like, oh, we should do this more. And so I, I love that, right? I mean, I think it's cool that that you know, COVID kind of cracked that open for people mm-hmm. to say, oh, we could be a proactive part of a patient's life. We don't just have to sit here and be reactive to whoever calls in with their chief complaint to do something. So I love that empowered idea for organizations. But then I think also for IT teams, you know, mm-hmm. how okay. quickly we rolled stuff out has made us question the previous processes to say, wait a minute, if we did that in two weeks, how come it usually takes us six months? And so I think that it's empowered many leaders to be able to, cut through some of the bureaucracy and i don't think we'll go back to two weeks right but could we go from six months to three months and be more empowered that way uh, you know while still ach- achieving the same goals of quality care you know and, and not putting patients lives at risk etc so i think that empowerment is a beautiful thing that we saw in 2021 for both organizations reaching out to patients and for leaders to be able to be more empowered and push things forward in a way that they were Weren't able to previously.
1: Well, and I think you could extend that also to a certain degree to patients, right? Mm. Um, when all of a sudden we weren't able to get care from our normal providers, we, we had to find alternatives, right? Um, we had to figure out ways to rely on ourselves a lot more. And, and frankly, with the growth of RPM with remote patient monitoring, we had to become more self-reliant and more involved in our care. So I, I think certainly COVID and, and 2021 more so than 2020, um, you know, was the year where a lot of the stuff is now like, Oh, like I can do this. I can take my own blood pressure, right. With this new device and I can track my own weight and I can track these things and I can see the difference I'm making or not making. And I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, Maybe what, again, maybe not hitting the radar of everything else that was out there, but, but certainly I would extend that a little bit to to patient empowerment as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least empowered them in telehealth side of things, Mm How many times did a patient say, Well, why can't we do telehealth? And the doctor said, Well, that's not the highest quality of care. And whatever. you know, whatever. Now they'll be like, wait, you did it. And we saw it was fine. So right. don't give me your BS anymore, right? <laughs> like shoot it to me straight. And it will still be a challenge, I think. But you know, in that way they're definitely more empowered.
1: So, John, gotta ask this question. What was your favorite story of 2021?
0: So I, I'd say the overarching favorite story was people coming together to support each other. Mm. Like I, I loved seeing how much we realized we needed each other, we cared about each other and that we wanted to help support each other. So whether that was at a, a conference and at hymns or at Health or whatever, and, and seeing the people just sincerely happy to be together, right? And come together. And I think the epitome of all of this was actually the effort from our friends at the Hit Like a Girl podcast and the hit the trails uh, journey they took right. across the U.S. and back, uh, you know, that story epitomized exactly what I'm talking about. It was uh, our friend Sharice and Joy getting a trailer, traveling, I think it was 28 states, and Joy will correct me on in the notes, but anyway, it was more than I even remembered It's the last time I talked to her. Multiple states, and they did hike with women and health it all across the country. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to go to like three or four of the hikes and to be part of that and kind of experience it and seeing how much people wanted to be together and how these women wanted to support each other was, was my favorite story of 2021.
1: Oh, that, that is awesome. Certainly that was on my list. Um, the, the hit the trails um, event that happened, I thought was phenomenal just from the grassroots nature of it too you know it, it had that feel of the early days of social media where you know it's like discovering something new and people yeah. coming out of the woodwork going yeah i'll come in and support and i'll be there and and of course the pictures were amazing um well many I, people I, that
0: came were like I, I didn't know what this was i didn't know what i was getting into but right. i was ready to get out and this was a safe <laughs> way to get out and go do a hike and so they were, you know it was awesome they even saw you across the border which is that's incredible. right that
1: that is something i'll never forget actually just <laughs> Being able to, I waved, Joy and Charisse did a stop in Niagara and and just on their own, they wanted to go see Niagara Falls. And I said, oh, if you're going to be at Niagara Falls, maybe I can go on the Canadian side and we can wave to each other. I got to be honest. I did not think we would actually be able to see each other in the <laughs> distance, but there we were on a bright sunny day and I had a, I brought a big Canadian flag with me <laughs> and I was waving it on our side and we could literally see each other across the river. That was pretty special. Yeah. I mean, after
0: all the isolation, it was, yeah, that feeling of being together and sharing experiences was just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that was. And and that was certainly the feeling I had at HIMSS. That was the first conference I'd been to since everything locked down. And just, first of all, it was a bit weird being in Vegas (laughs) during that time and and having to wear masks everywhere, but uh, I'd be very cautious because otherwise I wouldn't be able to fly home. But just being able to see people who we hadn't seen in two years and being around um, like-minded folks again was just so special. So that's certainly personally my favorite stories of 2021, being able to reconnect. But I have to say that the story from a a news perspective that really got me excited and my favorite stories of 2021 were all around health equity and access.
0: Mm, That's a good one. Um,
1: So for me, something changed um, in 2021, we stopped talking so much about social determinants of health because that was kind of a big theme kind of going in. And to me, it morphed to talking about health equity and access to care and, and not just meaning like, how do we get care you know, uh, in terms of like digital access? We started to see things like mobile access of, of clinics and things like on buses and driving them to areas that didn't have transit to get people to, to healthcare. We had discussions around the equity or inequity of healthcare in terms of, if I want to see a doctor who has the same skin color as me, the same cultural background as me, how do I find them, right? And, and so there was a sudden realization by the industry to go, oh, this is more than just provider matching, right? Mm-hmm. This is like now, um, I'll call it situational matching. I want mm-hmm. to see a doctor who maybe has experience with cancer patients, right? And not just someone who's trained with, in cancer, right? Like, or this or I want someone not just generic, like with my specific cancer and all these kinds of things now kind of came to be. And of course our good friends, uh, Abner over at, uh, can uh, you know, Kensei Osano, sorry. Um, you know, doing that amazing work. Um, I, I think for me, that was my favorite stories is just talking about and hearing about their successes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it would have been really inequitable of us to not talk about that, because it was such an important story. So I'm glad you brought it up. For me, the shift there was from inequity as a problem to now, here's what we're doing to try to address it. So that was the shift, I think, that really happened in 2021, which was a big change and a good change.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that that is uh, on our list next year, John, of top stories of 2022.
0: Hard to imagine it stopping.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more details about our show, check out the program's page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lynn. Thanks for listening. And have a great week.